Welcome to the Jillian Winery Show. If you're listening to this upon its Tuesday release, then you may have noticed that we officially have 11 more days until Christmas. Maybe even just the thought of that makes you anxious. But when we think of Christmas for what it truly represents, which is the miraculous birth of our King, our Savior, and eternity with Him if we believe in Him, one emotion we're supposed to be reminded of this time of year is joy. But what are you really feeling? And is joy something that is existing in you right now, today, and in this season? Because if I'm being honest, I think for most of us, our level of joy just in the regular day-to-day, it's up and down. And right now you might be feeling like joy is running on empty and stress has taken a front seat. Because if you look around this time of year, it's easy to see that there's increased traffic at every place you turn and the impatience of others seems to be running on empty. Even maybe with yourself, you see inflation creeping up while the gift list is just getting longer and you might begin to feel the financial strains increasing. Media outlets screaming stories of fear, social media clamming for your attention while you're just desiring to please your family and make this holiday season special. And yet, if you look at your calendar, you might begin to feel the anxiousness really creep in as you see every day filled with stuff to do, things to get, places to go, and things to attend to. And it's very likely that you feel joy couldn't be further from your reality right now, because truthfully, you're simply just trying to get through another December and another Christmas. But when did we agree to this social narrative of exchanging the joy from our Lord and the significance of what this holiday actually represents for a burden from the enemy? Because if we're not careful, we're going to quickly buy into the world's view of this holiday, which has the enemy written all over it. Christmas will feel more like a burden than a gift to us as believers. You know, I was on social media the other day. And I saw this illustration of a woman holding a list that said the most wonderful time of year, but wonderful was actually scratched out and below it was written stressful. So it actually read the most stressful time of year. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that if our stress is up, well, our joy is down. And I can't help but see how the enemy has tried to take this holiday away from us, away from Jesus, away from God, away from us as believers and replace it with everything that isn't joy. The enemy is trying so hard to get our eyes so far away from God and what this holiday represents because he knows this time of year, we're to be looking towards the miraculous miracle of God, the promises, the hope, everything that God has for us. So instead we're looking to things like overwhelm, fear, stress, busyness, the hustle and bustle of it all. And you know what, if I'm being honest, the devil's plan, well, he's likely winning for most people and over their lives and over what they're feeling this time of year. He's got so many of us busy doing 
busy shopping, spending, in the crowds, attending all the things, worried about the next elf-on-the-shelf idea and the Pinterest-worthy holiday, what outfit they'll wear, how their family's going to be dressed alike, the perfect PJ set. And instead of looking up and leaning into God and the joy of him, we're looking down at our phones and feeling all the down emotions that are being brought on by the enemy that is worn out, tired, annoyed, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, in lack, in shame, in guilt, and feeling those traumas come triggering up this time of year. And for many people, this time of year, they always get sick. And it's no surprise that if we're operating this demeanor, we're going to have this feeling arise within us, that tension and mixed with the emotional eating and the foods that are loaded with sugar and cause inflammation. It's no wonder that we get sick this time of year. So as we walk through these 11 days leading us into Christmas, I want you to really take an internal check and ask yourself, what am I really feeling this time of year right now? Is it joy? And if not, why? What narrative have I bought into this season? Because if joy isn't there, we really need to take a moment to pause. So as we go forward, I really want to take the rest of this um, episode and almost take it as a coaching session. There's going to be some questions I'm going to ask you. So whether you just want to kind of go through this and do a mental check, or you want to pause it and get a pen and paper, whatever is going to serve you. But I want to remind you that we need to start to slow down. We need to start address the feelings of what we're, what we're feeling right now, those emotions. And if it's not joy, then we're doing something wrong because the joy of the Lord is what this holiday is really about. It's Jesus and the joy that he gives us, the joy to the world, right? A savior is born. And so as we go forward, my first question is, how are you defining joy? What is joy for you this time of year? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How are you defining joy? Go ahead and write it out or just think about it. What brings you joy this time of year? And when I went to define it, of course, I looked to Google <laughs> to Google and the definition, if you just type in joy, what is joy online? You're going to get the feeling of great pleasure or happiness. And then I looked up the Webster's definition. And I thought this was really interesting. It said, joy is a feeling of pleasure or happiness that comes from success, good fortune, or a sense of well-being. And I couldn't disagree with that more because you see real lasting joy, the joy we get from the Lord is not dictated by where we're at financially, physically, or emotionally. It's especially not measured by worldly norms that are constantly changing that equal success. And let's be real. There's no such thing as good fortune. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Real joy comes from the Lord alone and what he has done, not anything we could ever do. Because if we measured our joy based off of what we could do, the works we could perform, the success, the fortune, so to speak, or that well-being, we'd A, likely be doing all the wrong things from the wrong posture of heart, or B, be set up for failure every single time, and C, constantly striving for good works but realizing that feeling of joy is ever fleeting. You know, I love how Paul Washer defines joy. He says, joy comes from God's perfect performance, God's perfect performance, not ours. 
He says who God is and what God has done for you. That's joy. He also says that joy is the assurance, confidence, peace, and gladness of heart because of what God has already done and wants to continue to do for you. And that joy is independent from everything but God. Wow, right? Because you see, joy in the Lord has nothing to do with us. So often we make it about us. And I was actually listening to a sermon the other day and it said, when we start making it about us, we're actually idolizing ourselves. But joy is idolizing God and what he has done for us because it has everything to do with God and nothing to do with us or our situations or our works. It's not determined by what's going on, not on your social media feed. It has no direct correlation to the number in your bank account. It's not measured by your emotions or your physical condition, how you're celebrating Christmas this year or what you're feeling in this very moment. Joy is realizing the fullness of who God is, what he has done for you and what he wants to continue to do that God has never once failed and he is perfect and he loves you this Christmas. I want you to realize the joy that comes from the Lord. It's free and it's available to you right now. You know, we're just barely beginning to scratch off the finite surface of what joy in the Lord really means because truly can only be felt by getting closer to him. You know, I hope that that takes the pressure off of you, knowing that it's not based on something you can do, something you can earn, that it's not based off of any type of performance, what's under the tree this year, or how your holiday pans out. Joy comes from God's perfect performance alone. In Psalm 1611, it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. In God's presence is a fullness of joy. If we were to replace joy with any one of those definitions that we mentioned, it would say something like this. In God's presence is a fullness of God's perfect performance. Or in God's presence is a fullness of assurance, confidence, peace, gladness of heart because of what God has already done and wants to continue to do for you. Now, does that not start to give you a fullness of joy? But that would also imply that away from God's presence is an absence of joy, which brings me to my next question. How much time have you had in the presence of God lately? And are you experiencing that kind of fullness of joy? Because it's oftentimes, I feel like the time spent, if we're busy and we're being distracted, we're not experiencing that fullness of joy, right? Because most of the time, our time spent right now is apart from God. It's trying to get through this holiday. It's just trying to mark off the the boxes, the checks, the things that we need to get done, you know, the the gift giving. And a lot of those things, yes, can come from a, a great place in your heart. And I'm not trying to bring any shame or guilt or anything like that of how much time have you spent with God? I'm not, that's not my intention. I hope you know my heart in this because I understand that every season that we go through looks very different, but I want to remind you that the fullness of joy comes from being in God's presence. That's what, that's what the word says. It says in my presence is a fullness of joy. So if we're not experiencing that, 
We need to realize, hey, what can I do to get into his presence? We need to change directions. And I know because I've been there. I've been there where I've tried to make it about what I can do. How can I get that joy back? What can, what can I do to feel good? Is it more running? Is it more putting in the good food? Is it getting that rest? Is And I'm doing all those ABC worldly things that maybe aren't bad, but where's God in it? You know, the question to increase any sort of thought here of this joy is what are we doing to get into his presence? Because it's vital, especially this time of year. I feel like when things start to get busy, when time starts to ramp up, when we feel like we're just going, 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 we start to think, what can I, what can I do later? And God tends to be a later thing, but God is the thing right now. This is the reason for the season. You know, the verse people or the verse I, I, I tend to think about is uh, the verse about how people without vision will perish. Um, if you remember that verse or not, if you've heard it, but it's people without vision will perish. And what that really means is when I started to dig into it, I found a commentary that says it's actually about the vision of God, right? Is that if our eyes aren't on his word and God's truth, and we're not having that vision, that, that sight to see and believe what God says, what God has for our life and the ways we are to walk in his vision for, for our life as Christians, as believers, you know, in, in the perfect performance of his works, then we'll perish because we try to do it out of our own strength. We get tossed to and fro by the culture, by the world, by what's going on, instead of seeing his vision and walking with him in it, you know, when we begin to put our joy and our own vision on things that we can do, you know, our, our joy is gone. We're not superhuman. I hate to break it to you. So friend, do whatever you can in this season right now, today, before these 11 days pass to get into the presence of God daily, no matter how small it looks, if it's just a verse, if it's a prayer, if it's getting actually into the very words of the Bible and just allowing that time to pass, even if it's 10 minutes, getting up a little bit before your kids, whatever it is to get into the presence of God daily. So you can experience that fullness of joy that the Bible promises us. You know, last week we spoke about speaking scripture, right? Speaking God's word out loud and getting into the word daily. And Dami brought it home for us. And we were, we were reminded of Matthew 4, 4, that says, man cannot live off of bread alone, but of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But if we're not actively doing this, I want to remind you again, if we're not making the time for it, then that joy is going to escape us. In fact, I really believe that our level of joy will likely be in direct correlation to our relationship and our closeness with God and the knowledge of his word. Because when we're closest to him, I don't know about you, but when I'm closest to him and I'm in his presence, you can't help but have all those anxious feelings just flee. To have any, everything, every distraction, every depressing thing that's going on outside of us or even in our own lives, it just starts to be compared to the strength of God and the strength that he gives us. And then the joy comes back. And so we need to begin to plant our feet firmly in his words, in that vision and have that joy come back, his immovable foundation. You know, in John 17, 13, it says, 
but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Man, is that verse so powerful? You know, it's just another reminder to get into his presence, have his words written in our hearts, regardless of what the world's saying, be reminded of what God says so that his joy will be made full and regardless to your circumstances or what's going on right now. So the last thing I want to touch on is this trials. If you're in a trial right now, when the, or when the suffering hits or the pain hits or trauma resurfaces, especially this time of year, it's usually our joy. That is the first fleeting thing. And sadly, it's usually our faith that leaves us next as we find ourselves worried, unsure, distraught, or overwhelmed. And in many cases, I understand the weight of feeling and facing those hard trials of feeling like you're in that hole and just not wanting to move. I feel like the weight of that is it's, it's relevant. You don't have to try to fake the joy in the season, not at all. But I want to remind, remind you that you're not in this alone. And when it feels impossible, that's when we need to be leaning on God. It's not when things are great. You know, I understand that pain happens in this season and that if joy is the furthest thing from you, do not make God the second furthest thing. It won't help. I can promise you pushing him away is not going to help. It's okay not to feel joyful in this moment, in the season. If you're facing a hard time, we're human. We're not robots, but God is the giver of joy. That is where our help comes from especially in those broken moments, he will begin to redeem and he'll begin to heal those broken places of your heart that you never thought can be healed, fixed. And that's where the joy is going to start to come back in seasons ahead, but it's not apart from him. And so if today, if you're just trying to get through this season because of the trauma, the pain, the trial, and you find yourself in this season of just trying to get through it and it's feeling really hard, it's okay but God's got you in this and you've got to run to him. It's not something that we can actively do together. It's in those quiet moments with him, especially in those trials where he begins to heal and work and the joy of the Lord becomes our strength in those moments. So it may take time. It may take hours of prayer before you start to feel a shift or crying out to God in those moments or days or months of continually getting in his word or on your knees before him and before you begin to feel that joy come back. But I promise you, if you keep doing that and leaning to God, not the world, not a circumstance, not a person, not um, this, the gift giving and all of that and putting our, our joy and our hope in that in a circumstance, if you continue to keep putting it in the right place of, of God and getting through it with him, the joy is going to come back. It may take time. It may look different, but it'll come back. So do not let the enemy take what the Lord so freely gives and don't put your joy in another person. It's not dictated on your spouse. It's not dictated on your kids. It's not dictated on your status on if you're married or single or, or your, if you've got Christmas cards this year or what, what your life looks like right now. It's on God and his perfect performance. 
In James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So it's okay to face those trials. Consider it pure joy because you know that God's still doing a work within you. So as we close, my final question to you is this. Where have you been placing your joy and is it working? Are you getting lasting joy or is it fleeting? Because if it's not coming from God and God alone, when the trial hits, because it will, whether it's finances, relationships, family, health, you name it, you're going to be tossed to and fro, just like the Bible says, our anchor, our help is God. So we've got T minus 11 days until Christmas, or if you're listening to this at a later date, the clock's ticking on our life. When are we going to make time for God? When are we going to get into the presence and the fullness of his joy? So let go of anything that's taking that joy from you. That's distracting you from the presence of God, causing you to feel anxious, angry, or depressed because all those feelings that aren't joyful, loving, kind, all of that, everything opposite of that, that's from the enemy. It's not from God. So if you're feeling shame, guilt, anger, depression, that's from the enemy. So I encourage you to run to the father again and again and again. So may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit this season. So thank you so much for tuning in. In the show notes, you're going to find some songs that are going to remind you of joy and the joy of the Lord this week. So I I hope that you just blast those this week and let it fill your home. No matter what you're feeling, you know, that worship music just completely shifts how I feel, how my kids feel. And it's so vital every day to just hear those those songs of praise and and to just posture our our hearts in the presence of God. And there's nothing more like that than getting in his word and just letting those music and those, um, those lyrics just touch our hearts. So along with that, in those show notes, I also have a sermon that I love so much. That's on the topic of joy that if you can get a chance to listen to this week, I think it's really going to convict you as it did me. And just, it's going to take this whole episode a notch further. So if you have any questions again, in the show notes, there's a link to message me. I'd love to connect with you, but if not, I will see you next week. And I just pray that the joy of the Lord is something that you find further and further. That's something that you walk towards. And I don't mean that further as in it just gets further away from you. I mean that it's something that you go further in, that you just dive deeper into that joy because you're just going to experience so much more than you ever thought. I mean, these scriptures, they are alive and active And the joy of the Lord is a presence to be felt. It is a gift to be feeling this time of year. So until next week, I'll talk to you soon.